I'm like, what is going to come out of that mouth? You know what's like, coming. I don't even know. I don't even know. I have no clue what's going to come out of that mouth of yours. We are here for the final installment of Rated X by Ella Fox. and You made it, guys. You made it all the way to Friday, and we're just going to talk and talk and talk. So. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to not shut up until we're ready. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yep. yeah. We're good and And then and only then will we let you have your satisfaction. But we promise we've got so much good stuff to talk about today, you guys are going to die. Oh, <laughs> well, we have the we have the the stepbrother step cousin emails that I'm gonna I'm gonna tease you with and then tell you in, in about 20 minutes. Okay, great. <laughs> so, how are you in general? Like, how's life in general for you? <laughs> well, so far so good. I was gonna ask you, how is the bathroom renovation going? Because I mean, as someone who renovated an entire fucking house. Even the smallest thing is the bathroom. Like, redoing a bathroom is so fucking stressful. Yeah, like, me, my husband and I didn't really realize. I was like, I'm just going to order all this stuff off Wayfair. Fuck it. <laughs> that doesn't No, work. that's not how it works. Like, it has to be, you know, like, it has to be exact measurements. And there mm-hmm. has to be, like, everything has to be picked out individually and proved by the contractor. And Well, and not only that, like, you want to see some stuff. Because I, I know, ordered yeah. a couple of things offline. And I was really, like, disappointed with how they looked in real life. Yeah. And then my mom's mm-hmm. trying to get involved by giving me design advice. And my mom has this thing where she always picks the most expensive thing and thinks that she's a genius. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, okay, mom. For like, sure. No. <laughs> we want to we want to go on vacation this year yeah it's it's literally a tiny little bath it's really small bathroom and like we had like aspirations of like knocking walls down and making it a master bathroom and then I was just like I can't deal with that in my life at any point really no it's just too much okay so we're just uh renovating like the space that's existing and we're like taking out the bathtub putting in a walk-in shower like you know I am making it At first, I was like, I'm just going to make it really basic and just because we're eventually going to sell this house. So, like, I'm just going to do gray and white marble and just call it a day so that it's accessible to everybody. And now I'm I'm like, no, like, no, I'm going to do vintage touches here and there. And I'm going to do, like, this really obscure pattern on the floor. And I, like, I couldn't stop myself. So, yeah. But there's something, too, like, I don't know. um I guess I just looked at, like, when we were doing our house, I just kept thinking, like, there was some stuff that we spent more money on than we should have. But, you know, because I think you should definitely try to save where you can and that sort of stuff. But at one point, I wanted this light fixture, and it was really expensive. But I was like, you know what? We're going to be in this house for a while. And and for however long we're in this house, I want to be able to look at this and like it. You know, I want to enjoy it. And, you know, there were things like we did, like, the the hardwood floors upstairs. We had talked about putting carpet to save money and, you know, to try to cut costs that way just to put down carpet instead. But I was like, you know, I, I really don't like carpet. You know, we had it in our other house and I hated it. And I just was like, you know, it might be more money up front, but I just, like, 
I want to be able to enjoy it while I live here. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to do it before we resell it and then we're gone. Because we did that once before. We had our house and, like, we redid the kitchen right before we moved. And I never got to enjoy it. And I was like, God, that was really stupid. Like, we should have just done it while we lived there. But, you know, we waited. And I was like, I don't want to do that again. So. Yeah, the kitchen's next. But probably in, like, a couple of years. Well, and I was going to say, we got lucky just because we didn't live in it while we did it. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine having to live in a house no. and redo it. Like, Jen Frederick lived with her house, like, for a year. Her kitchen just, like, up up in the air. You know, like, while she was redoing it. And she was talking about how much of a nightmare that was. And I was like, I can't imagine having to be in that house and, like, cooking on a hot plate in a microwave, you know, because your kitchen's not done. No, I couldn't do that. I, I And, like, that's why I basically... So my dad has a construction company, and so it's yeah. it's him and the guys that work for him doing it, and, which makes it a lot easier because they're not going to, mm-hmm. like, not show up. Although these guys that do it, they're, like, Irish brothers from Queens, and they, mm-hmm. which I think I've written a book about <laughs> two yeah, yeah. brothers from Queens that, that work run a construction company. <laughs> and... You know, sometimes they just get, they fucking go on a tear and they get, they, they don't show up because they're hungover. Yeah. <laughs> like, we just yeah. have to write that into the schedule. It's just like who they uh-huh. are. But they're the greatest. When everything takes twice as long as you think it's going to take. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have everything ready to go. Um, as soon as, actually, after we get off, um, after we stop recording, I'm probably going to go pick out, like, you know, bathroom faucets and stuff like that. So <laughs> I'm enjoying well, it, though. Like, I'm really looking forward yeah. to, because, like, literally, this, ba- this, this bathroom that I have is from the 50s and everybody that mm-hmm. had a house built in the 50s in New York, New York City mm-hmm. or like Long Island all used pink tile. It was like the default. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know if that was because women like the bathroom is the woman's domain. I don't know. Like, but it's all this tacky pink tile and we still have it. And like, it's so old that there's like parts like tile has fallen out of the wall. Yeah. Like you can see into the wall. It's want- so bad. I want no. before pictures because you talked about it before. Like I do, how I already took them, so I'll do a side okay, by side good. when it's when it's done. Yeah, you definitely need to share that too because I want to see it. Like, I will. How it I turns will. Out. Now you said you wanted to make it a master bathroom. Where is it? Is it just like in the hallway? Your it's, bathroom. So on the upstairs level of our house, we have two bedrooms, my daughter's and ours, and then in okay. between, like there's a hallway that that connects them, oh, okay, and then the okay. bathroom is in that hallway. So we were going to make it a master bathroom, but then. I, you know, we would have had to move plumbing. It would have been yeah, yeah. just too big of a deal. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot to undertake while you're in the house. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah, and and just so busy. You know, I know. Like, like when are we going to record? When are we going to record this podcast? podcast? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I thought I have written down here that we should talk about book signings because I think there's a lot of people. There's like a there's like a certain like there's like regulars that go to all the book signings, right? Yeah, yeah. And I feel yeah. like there's a lot of people that have never gone to a book signing. Okay. First, people, if you were talking to someone that had never gone to a book signing, romance book signing before, tell them what to expect. Okay. You know, it's funny you mentioned this. I was just talking with our friend Beth on Twitter about this the other day because she was saying that she used to go to so many and now she doesn't much anymore. And she was like, the ones I go to, I make sure that the authors are there that I love. And you know that kind of, and I, that's what I would say. If you're if you're into romance, and there are specific authors that you want to meet, you should look them up and see what book signings they're going to, because a lot of times at book signings, there's a ton of authors, but you might only want to see like four or five. But you know, depending on the signing, like if you go to a Polycon, you know, you'll get a ton of authors you love. But you know, the bigger signings are like that. 
as far as like to tell them what to expect when they go, I would say it is like a huge convention. Like if you've ever been to, you know, a comic con or if you've seen something, it's kind of like that where, you know, authors have their tables, they have their books and you just walk around and you can either purchase books from the author or you can bring your own books and have those signed. And it's just like, it's really fun. Like, I, I think they're a lot of fun to attend. I think they're a lot of fun to go to as an author. And a lot of times the book signings have other stuff that you can do at the same time. Like, you can go to, you know, sometimes there'll be an after party or they'll have like a breakfast or something or like that. Or a panel where like the authors answer yeah, questions and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, you know, so a lot of people don't even know like what the funk, like how they function. And so, what you do, you can, you have to look and see what the rules are for each signing, but you can either bring your own books to be signed, or you can buy books from the authors at the tables. They'll have credit card machines or like cash bags, whatever, to make mm-hmm. change. And you can, you know, you can buy books as you go. You can meet a new author and say, oh my God, I kind of yeah. want to buy a book from her. I like mm-hmm. her. And so some of these, some of these signings, like, like, Le- like Leah said, like a polycon are massive and you maybe meet a ton of the authors you love but you might not get as much face time or time to talk to them yeah which like for me I love talking to readers I know you guys love talking to readers Mm -hmm. like and having more than 30 seconds to do it because if there's a 14 people in your line or 15 people in your line you kind of you feel like you you want to feel like you don't want to make people wait you know Mm -hmm. one signing I really highly recommend I love indies invade philly Mm-hmm. that's yep. a signing that's where a I one. feel like I get a chance to have like three or four minutes to talk to everybody to each person because they, I think they limit the tickets on that signing too yeah I think it's only like 200 tickets or something really outrageous yeah like it's really small and so I mean which does 200 sounds like a lot but honestly when you've got like 20 authors no like you actually get to have a lot of one-on-one which is great mm-hmm. and we're doing the COPA signing in New York City and I feel like that one is it's bigger. Like there's a lot of people there in a small space because it's just by virtue of being in New York city. Like there's just Mm -hmm. not a lot of like spaces at a premium. Yeah. But that one is a great signing. We're we're both going to be there in August. And what other signings are you doing this year? I think that's the only one we have scheduled. So one year, I think it was like 2016, maybe 2017. We did like one a month. We did as many as we could because we were so new still and people were like, we were just trying to get our name out there. And it was like, I mean, it was a lot of fun, but it was really difficult to travel that much and be away from our families and that kind of thing. I mean, it was a good time, but, you know, and we found a lot of signings that we really love that we'll attend again and again. And we found some that we were like, well, I'll probably not do that one again, <laughs> you know, like after all the ones we did. So far, we just have the Copa one. I wanted to go to the rare one in Paris this year, but it's in April. And it just didn't work out with kids and school and work That's and everything. That's a tough time it was for just no, if you have kids, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that didn't work out. But um, we're hoping, like, you know, to maybe go go back to Europe at some point and, and do another signing over there. I know that's difficult for those listeners and readers and stuff as well, because it feels like everything's over here, you know? Yeah. But if you're in your, if, like if you live in Europe, traveling is so mm-hmm. much cheaper than if you're, if, yeah. if you're over here, like I'm doing uh the Scotland, the rare Scotland event in yeah. June, 2022. Oh my I'd God. love to do that one. Yeah. I'd love to Wait, do that yeah, one. 20- it's 20. 20. 2020. Sorry. 22. It's next year. Jesus. Yeah. 
yeah, and it's next June, yeah, because we talked about that one, the Edinburgh. I'd Edinburgh. love to do that one. Yeah, that'd be really cool. It's like if if they have a signing in Europe, it's very easy for like when I went to the one in Rome, everybody yeah. like almost nobody from my table was from Italy, like maybe 10%. Everybody had traveled from like Bulgaria Mm -hmm. or Switzerland or like just Mm -hmm. all over the map. And it was was the same for us. Yeah. When we went to Berlin, it was the same thing. We got people from like tons of people from Holland, like tons of people from Amsterdam, that area. And then it was like, you know, France, tons of people from there. Like, yeah, they just came from all over because it's only a couple hours, you know, so it's not too bad. My first book signing was RT, uh, Romantic Times Convention in New Orleans. And I was sitting there and was super overwhelmed because it was, it's huge. Like there's, it's literally 300 authors, like is in that one the, Is that room. the first one? But did you attend, did you attend that one as a reader or did you, No, it was author? my first signing. Like the ever. first time I'd ever signed. Yeah. Okay. So this is like Had six you been years to one ago. as a reader before that? No. Oh, okay, okay. All no, right. I wasn't even aware of any of this kind of stuff when I was a reader. I was like, what? And you just wrote. Like, what's okay. romance Twitter? Oh, God. <laughs> this is what <laughs> it is. Abort, abort, abort. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And, okay, so I'm sitting there and I'm set up. I'm setting up. Got my books out, my pens, mm. like, whatever yeah. else. I'm sitting there and I'm waiting for them to open the doors. And E.L. James walks in with, like, 15 people behind her, you know, just this huge smile on her face. Mm-hmm. She stops two feet in front of my table, turns and takes a like a picture with her cell phone of the whole room and then keeps walking. And I was like peeing my pants. Like she just walked <laughs> in, stopped two feet in front. And then she posted a picture on Instagram of the room and my dumb face just being like, oh, shit, that's the old days. <laughs> It was like All my right, first I want, signing. I want you to go back in 2016 and find that. Oh, please don't. <laughs> so I was a reader, and then I was a blogger, and then so I went to sign. I went to signing several as a just a reader before I ever wrote. Yeah. And so the first one I ever went to was Naughty Mafia in Vegas. Lo- Love in Vegas. That oh, that one. must. That one's wild. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. I don't know. I haven't been to it since then. That was the first and only one I went to. It was crazy. But I went, was there. it was the first time I ever met Mel in person. Mm-hmm. And so we met, like, at the Vegas airport. And I was like, holy shit, what's up? <laughs> Let's be best friends forever. Aww. And so, yeah, so that was our first time together. But I will say, that experience at that signing with an author that I met has shaped how I do signings based on that as an author. Because I was so excited to meet this author. I had read every book she had written multiple times, like followed her on social media. And like, I didn't follow anybody. Like she was my absolute favorite. She just like wrote this great series and I loved it. And then I, the, I was so excited. I had my books. I go up and she could have like, she could have been some 10 million miles away. Like I was trying to ask her questions and talk to her and it was just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and it was just like sonnet. And, and there wasn't even a line. She was just like busy doing other stuff and just had no time for me. And I was like, can I take a picture? And she was like, Oh, like it was just the most disappointing experience ever of being so excited to meet someone and then being completely let down. And I swore if I ever was in that, like position if I ever wrote a book and I ever had readers that I would make every person at at every moment have a magic moment with me and I do that still you're gonna have to tell me who that was when we get off the air here I know um, I can't you probably have told me before 
I just can't remember. But I do it now, like at signings. And I know people think like, oh my God, Alexa Riley's line is so long. It's not because we have the most, the biggest fan base. It's not because we have the most readers. It's because we talk and talk and talk. When somebody comes over our table, we'll ask how their day is, how their experience in signing. <laughs> what do you want us to sign? What's your favorite book? Like we ask questions and mm-hmm. we try to make an experience because you know, I don't want to speak for Mel because she's sick today, so I don't want to, like, you know, step on her story either, but she kind of had the same experience at another signing we were at together with an author she liked, and she was really, really disappointed, and so I think we both, like, the first signing we ever had, we both looked at each other and we're like, we got this. You know what to do? Okay, good. You do run like, that yeah. risk. You do run yeah. that risk when you go to a book signing or any kind of thing when you're meeting maybe somebody you consider like a, I don't want to say a hero the but hero. Um, yeah, maybe I know you what do you mean. maybe like, they're your you rock look up star to. yeah rock star and a good you way do to consider look at you know and it's funny because when you go to book signings like you'll be talking to these people forever on social media and they uh-huh. have a different personality on social media and then you see them in person mm-hmm. and you're like we've been talking about tackling each other with hugs for months and then you see them and they're like, Oh, hi. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Like really. And you're like, dude, like I (laughs) thought like this was going to be some great friends. Uh So that happens all the time to me where I'm like, I know. And it's, it's so disappointing. And like, and you've said before that you're like, I analyze every single person afterwards to think like, Oh, did I do this? Did I say this? I I do do it to myself where I'm like, yeah, yeah. You do it. Did I I come across silly? Mm -hmm. Because like you guys talk and ask questions where a lot of the time I'm like, I got to be entertaining. So I'll ramble and I'll I'll be like, Uh I got so drunk last night and I did this. And do you want to know what happens in my next book? I'll tell you the whole thing. I'll tell you the whole plot right now. (laughs) And I'll just like keep and I'll just ramble, ramble, ramble. And then I'm like, I, you know, I I said something And then you hate yourself. And I hate myself. That's what I do. That's my process. But that's like. And I know that about you, that you don't ever intentionally want to hurt anybody or, like, (laughs) say the wrong thing or make someone uncomfortable. I know that's never your intention. And I know it plagues you that you may do that. Well, I I I put my foot in my mouth or say something Mm -hmm. that I've never insulting or mean on purpose. I've never, I'm not mean to anybody, like, ever. I don't. I just know that I'm. I can be be confident in the fact that I'm. I've never ever been mean to anybody in this industry at all. It's like if so, yeah. if you ask me that, I'll be like, I know I didn't do that because I just don't ever do it. Yeah. But I might say something st- stupid once in a while, and then I will mm-hmm. dwell on it for fifteen years. Yeah. You know? But I know. Like, I can't come but... with any. I can't come up with any specific examples, really. Let me pull out my list. <laughs> But no, no, I know how you are. Though. I know you overthink things too. So I know signing stress you out in that way, especially after the fact. And I think too, though, I think that's why I'm so exhausted after a signing. Like I am, I am emotionally drained after a signing where normally, and like, and Mel knows this, after we pack up and we go to the room, I usually don't talk the entire way home or, you know, to the hotel and I usually just go to the room and I either cry or <laughs> I just like sit in silence. Like it's because it's cry like, because it's an emotional so, release. You need an emotional yeah, release. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's it, because 
It's just you're on a level 12. Like, you know, from 1 to 10, you're on a 12 all day, all day, all day, all day, all day. And you want to make sure, like, you know, I'm being nice. I'm not not that I have to be nice. But, you know, I want people to have a good experience. Right. It doesn't cost you an effort to be nice. But you are definitely being... It's emotional taxation. You're being a number... You're being the A-plus, like, version of yourself for so long. And you don't let let it drop. Yeah. But, like, we are, at the end of the day, like, we, like, this job is being alone a lot and being yeah, alone with your yeah. own thoughts a lot. So then you're out mm-hmm. there and you're all of a sudden you're just, like, you know, you have to rely on your personality, which you don't have to I do know. during the day. And so it's, like, very, like, I love book signings and meeting readers, but it also can be, like, a big, <gasps> like, when it's over, yeah. you're like, oh, my God, was I awful? Was I great? Was I terrible? Was I? And the, I think that's, like, you know, that, that thing gets that way for anybody who has, I mean, like, people who got married, think about your wedding day and, like, trying to speak to everybody and and doing that sort of thing like you're just trying to make sure everybody's having a good time yes, even though yes. like you know you're the yeah. hostess of your table yeah exactly you know. yeah yeah okay well I think that we did a pretty but, good job describing it well I was just gonna say if I had a hard time when I was a reader finding book signings so how would you suggest someone finds a book signing if they're like well I want to go to one how do I find if they're out if there's one near me Ooh, I know there was like I'm gonna have to find it where there's like a website that keeps track of book signings of mm-hmm. romance book signings. And I don't know if they still do it, but I know if you're in, if you're, if you want to go to one and you want to see if there's one near you, you can always ask authors or ask bloggers. A lot of times bloggers are really knowledgeable about stuff like that. Yeah. You know, or if there's a signing nearby. Pick your top five, uh, top five favorite authors, go look at their website and see where they're going to be. And a lot mm-hmm. of the time, you know, they, a lot of times, they're really concentrated. Like if there's, yeah. if, if a few of your favorite authors are going to be there, it, it, it's a good chance that a bunch of really great authors are all going to the same event is what I, what I noticed. Well, I know for sure the COPA one in August, like how, what's the website for that? Do you know, it's just COPA? Yeah, I can find it really quick um, while we're fine. talking, but. No, that's okay. So that one's in New York. I know that one. There's one that um, After Dark had put on. That was in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's right near me. And they put it on two years ago. I thought they were going to do one this summer, but I haven't heard anything else about it. It'd be great if they did because that was a kick-ass signing. And like Tessa said, Indies invade Philly. And there's always Shameless in October, which is in, which is in Florida. A Polycon, which is in D.C., yeah. Or is that one move around or is it always in DC? I think the last few years it's been in DC and it's probably going to stay okay. I'm probably going to stay there for a while. I'm going to if you like historic historical romance, we don't talk about that a lot on this podcast although we do mm-hmm. have one coming up in season mm-hmm. 3. Yeah. Avon Kisscon is happening in Chicago in April. I'm going to be there April 5th to the 7th and a lot of like like Julia Quinn and Sarah McLean and all those really amazing historical romance authors are going to be there. If you were interested in that, Avon mm-hmm. KissCon, I'm pretty sure that if you just Google that, the website comes mm-hmm. up. So the COPA signing that we're doing, uh, Alexa Riley and t- uh, me, Tessa Bailey, are doing in August. The website is copaauthorsinnewyork.com. And I'm just looking at the author list right now, and it's like... Amy Dawes, Autumn Gray, Ava Harrison, B.B. Easton, Brooke Blaine, uh, Corinne Michaels. It's just like tons of authors you love. Ella Frank, you know, Jessica Hawkins, Casey Lynn, Kennedy Ryan, L.H. Causeway, Mariana Zapata. Oh, shit. I didn't even know she was going to be there. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so excited. You better get your, pay- you better get your copy signed is all I'm oh saying. Oh, my God. She- I better do a pre-order. She- she does not oh, shit, come with yeah. a lot of books to sell. No, you have to especially those specific ones. Yeah. yeah. 
so, okay. But yeah, I mean, Sarah Nye, Megan Quinn, who are both going to be on this podcast, Melanie Harlow. Mm-hmm. So, so check that out. We'd love mm-hmm. to see you at signings. So let's Absolutely. do it. Absolutely. Show up and show out. Show up. Should I read these uh, step cousin stepbrother emails now? Fuck or? yes. <laughs> I've been waiting so long for these. Like you told me you got them and I was like, shh, 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 shh. Don't tell, don't tell me anything else. <laughs> Save it. <laughs> All right. So this one's really long. Okay. Well, let me, let me read the other one first because it's shorter. It's a happy ending. Step cousin love. Okay. Get so it. like these are, these are not people related by blood and you, you know, no judgment. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> no judgment if they are. But, yeah, no judgment. You know, if you made this email safe for us, thanks. This is a safe zone. <laughs> this podcast is a safe zone. Um. <laughs> Okay. Hello, ladies. So let me jump in. I had the biggest crush growing up on my aunt's boyfriend's son. So that is your step cousin. I did the math. (laughs) Okay, good. He was five years older than me, but so cute. We flirted, but were forbidden from messing around, especially after they got married. Finally, uh, years later, when I was 20, we spent an entire summer together and we finally had sex. It was so hot. We had been flirting nonstop and it, it finally just came to a head. His head, to be exact, in my mouth. To oh, start my with. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. The first time it happened, we were so hot and ready for each other that he had me bent over the couch with my hair wrapped around his hand, pounding me. It was amazing. Holy shit. Uh, so much so that we started dating. Family wasn't too happy, but they got over it. Fast forward nine years, and we are very happily married, and we just had our Holy first child. Shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's insane. He's 11 months old and the light of our lives. We still make plenty of time for the fun stuff, though. And then she put a, like, an okay sign with a finger, you know, like, yeah, 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 <laughs> going yeah. into it. <laughs> Thanks for being amazing and keeping me entertained on my drive to work. And then she sent pictures of them, and they're so adorable. Oh, and they're... that's so sweet. Let me see. Hold it up. Oh, I don't know if it's going to work on that. Oh, you can. Look, there's oh their baby. God, the baby so is cute. super cute. Look how sweet. And oh. he's a pouty. He's, pow- oh. he's like what I call a pouty man bear, which is like... That's so sweet. A man with a beard and like with like a husky body type, which I love that. I love a thick man. (laughs) I really do. Oh, that's so sweet. Okay. So (laughs) next one. She the 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 subject line is anonymous, please. I love that it starts out a not please God do not say please, my name for the love of God do not say my name <laughs> don't tell my family so, uh, okay <laughs> this is the long one all right I don't even know where to start I've never told anyone this so I'm super nervous here goes nothing about 16 years ago I was 14 my mom's best friend from childhood was moving to the states and needed a place to stay for a week. <laughs> Okay. She had two sons. So by definition, that was a, you guys are cousins. Um, Her oldest was 19 and her youngest was 17. The hotter one, LOL. So (laughs) she ended up staying with us and was like super excited that her sons and me would have a sleepover. We, so while the boys play video games, we'll do our makeup. My real cousin stayed over too and my BFF and we turned it into a huge sleepover. So all the boys were downstairs in the basement playing video games and the girls were upstairs playing around with makeup. Uh, my BFF had a massive crush on one of my cousins and she was like, let's go, go hang out with the boys while your aunt is asleep. So we go to the basement and from the five boys that were spending the night, only my cousin and my one BFF, we played video games forever. Them and my step cousin was like, I'm going to the kitchen to make something to eat. I was like, I'll go help you. So it's, she's 14, he's 17. 
and their step cousins. So when we were in the kitchen, we were playing around and we ended up having a PB and J food fight. I had peanut butter and grape jelly in my hair and my on my face and everywhere. So and so did he. (laughs) Oh my god. Uh, and let me just tell you, I don't know what came over me, probably him at 17 with a body like an Adonis covered in my favorite PB&J. So I ended up, <laughs> so I ended up reaching for his abs and grabbing me some PB&J and licking it. And we kept messing around and licking PB&J off each other. Oh my God. One thing led to another. I ended up, I ended up losing my virginity in the kitchen on the counter to my step cousin while my house was full of people. <laughs> Holy shit. In the fucking kitchen. Yeah. On, in the, on fucking the counter. kitchen. On the counter. Yeah, thank God the only ones awake were uh, us up to no good. And my BFF and cousin were probably in the basement up to no good, <laughs> too. Yeah, I never no asked. <laughs> what? How do you not I ask know. about that? She said, I the- bet she was so afraid somebody would ask her. Yeah, she's like, like I don't I want. She was yeah, yeah. Don't ask, don't tell. To this day, I believe that the gods of losing your virginity protected us from being caught. Afterwards, we cleaned up and we never talked about it. The next day, since the motherfucker was hung for a 17-year-old, I was walking funny. And my mom was like, what happened to you? <laughs> She oh said, my god! She told no. him she fell down the stairs. No. Okay. Oh, that's fast so forward. Horrific. Okay. Fast forward fourteen years later. I was separated from my husband. I was visiting my grandmother, who was sick, and decided since it's been years since I saw the whole family, I would visit everyone. And also, my aunt was there, and he was there too, still looking oh, hot shit. and delicious, even without the PB and J. My aunt was telling him, "Hey, you should take your cousin and show her your new place, so she can give you pointers on decorating." Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah. yeah, he took me to his place, and the least I did was give him decorating pointers. We picked up from that night many years ago and <laughs> fucked like motherfucking crazy for the weekend. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's awesome. She said, still the best sex. I can't believe I'm saying this. It's been the best sex I ever had was from my cousin. So, <laughs> step cousin. Wow. So we did not start a relationship, no matter how much it hurt. We've always loved each other and both wanted it to, uh, to be together, but we were afraid. So we grew, we grew up with our parents saying, you guys are cousins, even though we did not see each other like that. Fast forward two years, my grandma got sick again, but this time I travel with my family. Me and my husband got back together. Mm-hmm. So they visited him and his new wife. So anyways. Oh, wow. So that was the end? She says, oh, okay, no. Oh, so when she introduced her husband, she introduced him as Junior, her cousin, and the and Junior uh, gave her a look on his face, which read out loud, read out loud and clear, cousins who fuck. Oh wow. So, anyways, oh, when they but they were when they were in the kitchen helping, he ended up getting really close to her, and he and she. I uh, know you're trying to paraphrase. It's a long. Sorry, one. I got my shit together. We went back to the family like nothing happened. To this day, nobody knows that I've always been in love with my cousin. Oh. Yeah. That unrequited love it's sad but it's also kind of like would you be kind of like wouldn't it be fun to have a secret like that that only you had with one other person i don't know i mean i don't know i wonder if it i guess her and her husband were separated and they got back together so i mean obviously that worked out for the best for them so that's great i just wonder like i mean i could they really not had a relationship if they wanted to? I mean, I know they people say cousins, but I mean, I have extended family like that where they were cousins, and I'm sure like if I ever wanted to develop a relationship with them, it would be fine. But yeah, I mean, if you're not related by blood, let's just make the family mad and just yeah for like cares? five minutes, you know? It's yeah. Like... So those of you out there lusting after your cousin, <laughs> <laughs> so 
stepbrothers and step cousins. You're not. I mean, mm-hmm. you're not. You know, fuck them. You're not breaking fuck any laws. Fuck if they can't take it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Read me romance, like, the podcast yeah, that uh, that tells condones. you to commit incest. Yeah. Yep. My, Go mild for it. incest. Okay. So it's not really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we're gonna send you into. <laughs> The fifth installment of Ella Fox's Rated X, and you guys are going to love this ending. I'm pretty sure this is when the banging happens. I can't wait. Uh, And it's so good. The dirty talk is on point. So enjoy, and we'll catch up with you guys uh, on the other side. Bye. Bye. Chapter 5 I frown as I look down at the plum-colored lace bra he's currently glaring at like it's shit in his Cheerios. Only now do I realize I'm wearing one of the bra and panty sets he bought me from Agent Provocateur. Mason has a tendency to shred underwear, hence the gifting of the lingerie. I don't make a habit of showing my dates my bra on the first... I wince and trail off when it occurs to me that Mason and I had sex on our first date. Like I was saying, I don't make a habit of it. I was with two other guys before you and there have been none since. Besides, that nightmare with Ham tonight was most definitely not a date. He blows out a breath of obvious relief. It wasn't? I shake my head. No. Carly harassed me like a maniac until I caved and agreed to go. Supposedly, he was a really nice guy who needed emergency assistance to feel comfortable dating. Not sure what level of hell she got him from, but the bottom line is I wasn't there to be romanced. When you snapped about it being a date, the only reason I didn't immediately disabuse you of the idea was my pride. Angel, he groans. I hate that the last 11 weeks even happened. Me too. The good news is that Carly's machinations got us back onto the same page pretty much as soon as you got home. The bad news is she threw me under a bus to do it. I see the moment he realizes what I mean. Jesus, she fucking set you up with that psycho just to fuck with you, didn't she? I narrow my eyes as I think of what she set me up to endure when she sent me off to meet Ham. She definitely knew he was a dick, but I doubt she knew he'd go after me the way he did. Still, she's going to pay for subjecting me to that shit show, I vow. You're sexy as fuck when you're pissed, he growls. I raise a brow and give him a look. Oh, are we back to sexy times? I joke. I was afraid the mood was effectively killed when you got all territorial about my bra. The thought of you wearing lingerie for another man definitely fucked with my head. He admits. I could give him more shit, but I get it. Especially since I spent the last 11 weeks wondering if he'd move on within hours of arriving in Italy. He's hot, smart, and rich, so it's not like women don't fall all over themselves to get to him. I've seen it with my own two eyes on more than one occasion. When I put this on earlier, it was just for me. But I guess now it's for you, too. I say, my voice husky. The expression of desire on Mason's face overrides all thought of the crappy start to this night. It's perfect. I'll like it even more when it's no longer covering you, he rasps. I hold his gaze as I reach behind me and undo the clasps. When they're free, 
I move my shoulders so my straps slide down my arms. I make a production of taking the bra off the rest of the way before I playfully toss it at him. He catches it one-handed, chuckling huskily as he lifts it to his nose. Lemon verbena, he murmurs. I fucking love the way you smell. At the end of every miserable fucking day in Italy, I'd hole up in my suite, take out your black scarf, and fuck my hand while I thought back to all the ways I've taken you. My assistant thought I was losing my shit when I made him get me a bottle of your perfume from L'Occitane during the fourth week of the shoot. I didn't tell him that I needed it to spray the scarf because your scent had faded. My breathing is elevated and my nipples are harder than ever. You took my scarf? He nods. I found it tangled up in my sheets the night you left. Do you remember why it was there, Angel? I nod, knowing that my cheeks are hot enough to fry eggs, and not from embarrassment. I'm hot all over remembering the last time we were together. We'd gone to the movies, and when we got back, Mason had used my scarf to pull me toward him. How would you like to tie my hands and have your way with me? He'd asked. What followed was one of the hottest nights of my life. I revisited the way we were together in my fantasies each night, he rasps. Did you do the same, Angel? I lick my lips before answering, yes. Start with your tits and show me how you made yourself feel good, he growls. My heartbeat is so loud I can feel it thundering in my ears. Lifting my hand, I cup my breasts, watching his face as I use my index fingers to trace slow circles around both nipples. I take my time, stoking the fire inside as I play with nearly every part of my breasts. Lick your thumb and forefinger and wet your nipples, he orders, his eyes hot on me. I shiver as I comply, my peaked nipples tingling as a soft breeze cools the small bit of moisture I've left on each nipple. Now pinch, he murmurs. I let out a breathy sound as I gently pinch my nipples, my back arching as the pleasure zigzags through my body. I keep playing with them, enjoying the way my clit throbs with each touch. Stop, Mason growls. I whimper as I take my hands away from my breasts, my nipples tingling in a way that makes me want more. Are you wet? He asks his voice thick with need. So wet, I whisper. Then take off the rest of your clothes, everything, he rasps, including your panties. I want to see how wet your little cunt is. My movements are clumsy, making the process of taking off my shoes, pants, and panties slower than it should be. When I'm naked, Mason stands so that he's looking down at me. Lie back and spread your legs wide. Even with the breeze, my body feels as if it's on fire. Lying back, I bend my knees and spread my legs. Mason's eyes darken as he looks at my body. Fuck, you're perfect, he says. Spread your lips and show me that honey. I gasp softly as I reach between my legs with my right hand and spread the way he told me to. Look at that, he rasps. Wet as fuck already, and we've not even really started. 
what's coming next is going to make you wild. Spread your honey around and rub your pussy, everywhere but the hood of your clit. I whimper as I slide my middle finger up and down my sex, careful to stay away from the hood. Good girl, he praises. Is this what you've done when you've been in bed alone each night, Angel? Did you fuck your little pussy with your fingers? My clit throbs with need at his words. Looking into his eyes, I nod. One finger or two, he asks. I let out a whimper as my hips rock up of their own accord. Two. Show me, Angel. Fuck that little cunt for me. I'm so wet it's nearly painful. I gasp when he drops to his knees on the lounger and places his hands on my knees, pushing them open even further. I feel like a pagan offering, displayed for his pleasure, and it's a hell of an aphrodisiac. I keep my eyes on his face, watching him watch my sex as I slide two fingers into my aching pussy. As I'm thrusting in, he pushes my knees back, which causes my hips to tilt. Oh, fuck, I gasp, shocked by the riot of sensation his movement creates. Don't go slow, he orders. I know how hard and fast your little cunt likes to be fucked when you're this hot. His use of the grip he has on the back of my knees to rock me up and down is everything. I shamelessly fuck myself faster, gasping as he matches the speed of my movements. Did you call my name when you came? I nod. Yes, I admit, my voice a husky gasp. Every time? Yes, I say, this time more forcefully. That's my beautiful girl, he praises, making my pussy clench hard around my fingers. I curse when he stops moving me and then drops his hand to my wrist, stilling me. So impatient, he teases. Don't worry, Angel, you'll come plenty tonight. I stopped you because I want the first one to be on my tongue. He positions me with ease, moving me farther up on the chaise before he settles between my thighs, his shoulders holding my legs apart. The heat of his breath against my soaked sex makes me moan, but the feeling of his fingers spreading me open nearly sends me to the stratosphere. I couldn't stop dreaming about the scent and taste of you, he murmurs. I don't get a chance to respond because he wiggles his tongue over my clit, causing me to grow even wetter. My breath leaves me in a whoosh when he sucks my clit into his mouth, his tongue lashing the most sensitive spot with a precision that comes from hours spent in bed with me. He knows exactly what it takes to set me off, and he's using that knowledge to rock my world. Needing something to hold on to, I slide my fingers into his silky smooth hair and hold on as he eats me out. Fuck, Angel, you're so wet, he groans when he releases my clit from between his lips. I could eat your pussy for hours, but I need inside of you so fucking bad I can barely think. That means it's time for you to come all over my tongue like a good girl. His hands grip my ass cheeks as he doubles down again his tongue on a mission to make me come, fast. I bite my lip to keep from screaming as he licks me with abandon, the sounds of his mouth on me making me that much wetter. 
when he sucks my clit back into his mouth and flicks his tongue over it at a rapid speed, I come apart. Uncaring of our surroundings, I hold on to his hair and thrust my hips up over and over, crying out as I come beneath his tongue. He works me until every possible ounce of pleasure is gone. Letting go of his hair, I watch as he stands, moving quickly to shed his clothes. I shiver when I see his hard cock, the knowledge of how good his thick and considerable length feels inside of me makes my clit throb. I need you, angel, he growls as he comes down over me, settling between my thighs. I need you too, I whisper. I miss you so much, he says. Never again, Rory. We're together, and it's more than fucking serious. I start to tell him I agree, but he's rubbing the fat head of his cock at my opening, which is making it difficult to form words. He slides the tip in, just that much, and stops. I whimper, clenching him. Wrapping my legs around his waist, I run my hand up and down his torso. Sliding them back up, I stop at his nipples and tweak them. He shudders, his body surging into me another inch. I can tell by the way he's breathing that he's trying to gather his control. Taking it as a challenge, I slide one hand between our bodies, down to the spot where we're joined. I stare into his eyes as I rub a few slow, lazy circles over my clit, before I reach down further and spread my fingers over his cock at my opening. He groans and surges in another half inch or so. Pulling my hand away, I bring it up and trace my finger over his lips. Taste, I murmur. His eyes flare with heat as he opens his mouth and sucks my finger into the heat of his mouth. That quickly, he loses it. I gasp when he rears back and slams into me. Yes, I whimper. Fuck me, Mason. Positioning his forearms on either side of my head, he stares into my eyes as he fucks me. I love the sounds he makes when he's turned on. Each guttural groan adds another layer to my enjoyment. Putting my hands on his shoulders, I hold on as he slams into me, the wet sounds of our lovemaking filling the night air. Fuck, Angel, he growls. Your perfect little cunt is so wet and tight. I'm not going to last. Rub your clit, now. Taking one hand away from his shoulder, I slide it between us and begin rubbing circles on my throbbing clit. He fucks harder and faster, my sex clenching around him as I get closer to the edge. Come for me, I whimper. God, he growls, pounding into me harder and faster. Your fucking cunt is so hot. My pussy clenches, my body tightening as I rub my clit faster. Now, I cry. Fuck, now. Rory, he bellows, his thrusts frantic. I come hard, my clit pulsing as my pussy clenches around him, the power of my release causing my vision to blur a little around the edges. When his movements get jerky and I feel the heat of his release, I whimper and clench my thighs around his waist holding him to me as he comes. Each hot spurt of his cum inside me makes me shiver, my orgasm continuing as he buries his face against my neck 
and groans my name. When it's over, I remove my hand from its spot between us and wrap my arms around him, holding tight as we both quiver from the aftershocks. Still inside of me, he lifts his head. I missed you so fucking much, he murmurs. I missed you too. Smiling, he leans in and kisses me softly. We're deep into the kiss when I hear a noise, the sound of something moving in the yard. Stiffening, I tear my mouth from Mason's. Did you hear that? I whisper. He stills to listen, and his entire body goes rigid when we both hear something that sounds like a fan opening or a sheet being snapped before it's shaken out. He pulls out of me and turns in one lightning-fast motion, his arm going back to shield me from whoever is in the yard. I'm stunned when he lets out a snort of laughter. It's okay, he assures me. It's just my neighbor's bird. Garrett warned me this could happen. Said bird must be the size of a medium-sized dog, because that fanning sound wasn't that of a little bird. Sitting up, I reach for my sweater and pull it over my head before I peer around Mason. My jaw drops and my eyes damn near pop out when I see a big, beautiful peacock standing about four feet from the lounger we're on. His plumage is extended, and he's staring at us expectantly, like he's waiting for applause. Holy shit, I breathe. He's beautiful. The bird caws and looks proud as he starts turning in a circle to show off his feathers. Just that quickly, something that was teasing my brain earlier made sense. Oh my God, I squeak. This is Elvis, isn't it? Mason pauses in the process of reaching for his shirt. Turning, he raises a brow. How do you know Elvis, he asks. I don't know him know him, I laugh. But when I was in the kitchen earlier, something about it seemed really familiar. I couldn't put my finger on it, but seeing him just brought it all together. His mom is Emery Bellrose, and her best friend Kaya used to post videos she filmed in the kitchen on Kaya's Corner, her YouTube channel. Mason laughs as he pulls the shirt over his head before pulling on his boxers and jeans in one smooth move. Yep, that's this house. Emery and Kaya wound up marrying. Billionaire brothers, I interrupt. I thought they lived in Spain, though. He nods as he hands me my underwear and pants. They spend a few weeks here a year. It's a little scary that I met the big guy for the first time yesterday, and you know more about his life than I do. Carly's a little obsessed, I laugh. She loved Kaya's channel and was also a huge fan of Emery's show, Bites. A smile spreads across my face as I realized that the perfect revenge for the date she'd sent me on was literally standing right in front of me. I'm going to put the rest of my clothes on. While I do, you need to go inside and get my phone because I've got to get a photo of me with Elvis. Carly is going to die when I tell her I was in the kitchen Kaya did some of her best cooking in. But nothing will top the jealousy a picture with Elvis is going to cause. Mason laughs, his eyes alight with understanding. Carly loves reality TV and celebrities. That I'm within touching distance of the world's coolest bird is going to eat her up. Once I'm dressed, 
and Mason has assured me that my hair doesn't look like I just got fucked on the lounger. I squat down at Elvis's side and smile at the camera. The peacock is just as cool as I knew he would be, because he poses with his plumage out, his gaze right on the iPhone as Mason snaps a bunch of pictures. We're only just finished when I hear a Spanish-accented voice call out from the other side of the wall. Elvis, mommy wants you. Jacinda needs a feather dance. The way the bird folds up his feathers and races for the wall is the cutest thing ever. I watch in awe as he flies up and perches on the edge of the wall, stopping to look back over his shoulder at us for a second before he flies off to the other side. Coolest celebrity sighting ever. After Mason hands me my phone, he links his free hand with mine and takes me inside. After locking the doors, he guides me upstairs into the bedroom. Seeing the fluffy mountain of white blankets and pillows, I smile. It's the perfect spot for us to spend the rest of the weekend. And many, many days to come. Hey guys, we're back. Hey. Hey, what did we tell you about that uh, peacock showing up at the end? I know, right? <laughs> you knew it was coming. How about that, How about that peacock about that you've been pe- waiting on all week? <laughs> <laughs> Finally, the damn peacock Finally. shows up. She's like, I got teased with the peacock and I've been waiting all fucking week to get it. People have probably been posting on Facebook, where is the peacock? Where's the peacock? <laughs> Okay, so like we told you, like we've been telling you all week, the Cruz Brothers series is on sale, which it's called Enamorado, but you can check it out as the Cruz Brothers, and it's on Kindle Unlimited. Broken Heart, the first in the series for the Hart family, is free right now for the next for this week. So make sure you click that, get it in your Kindle. And yeah, Ella Fox is doing a huge giveaway. She's doing a signed Cruz Brothers series. She's doing a swag pack and a $20 Amazon gift card, so... She's giving it out. Yeah, she's bringing it. Yes. And uh, authorellafox.com, she has an up-to-date list of all her books, so you can go check them out. She's got stuff on Kindle Unlimited. She's probably in Read Read Me Romance headquarters this week doing lots of fun stuff, so make sure you're Mm -hmm. joined. And yeah, another Um, week of Read Me Romance thus comes to a close. (laughs) I know. And this is the the last time, hopefully, that we have to do this without Mel. So maybe finally she'll get better. We miss you, Mel. Come back to us. I know. I hope you guys enjoyed her on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. (laughs) Yes. And uh, we'll be back on Monday with more. Oh, shoot. Who's coming on Monday? Is it, is Cara D on Monday? No, stop it. I'm pretty sure um, Do on not Monday, let me just me. double check because I'm pretty sure that... Well, you can look and I'll tell them, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You join us in our Facebook group, Read Me Romance Headquarters, and also send your selfies where you listen, like while you're listening to uh, readmeromance at gmail.com. And we'll post those throughout the week. We just like to see our lady listeners in the wild, as Tessa has dubbed that. So <laughs> you said it. You said the she's words. Ma- I know. She's making it happen. Melanie so. Melanie Moreland is, ne- is up on the podcast next week. Oh, yay. yay. She is she's so great. sweet. You guys are going to love yeah, this book. Yeah, she's adorable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instant Conne- yep, in- An Instant Connection is the name of her book, and it sounds mm-hmm. amazing. We're, so I'm going to read it probably tonight. So I can't wait to okay, come cool. next week and, and bring Melanie to you guys. So, okay, thanks fun. for joining us. And Leah, tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make sure you're a bitch. Don't be a dick. It's Friday. You heard the lady. <laughs> do what she says. Bye. Do it. Bye.
Sit back, relax, and unwind and read me romance. Read, read me romance.